Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. One thing I know, that though I was born blind, now I see. What a beautiful statement. Right? It's one of the most beautiful statements in the Gospels. That someone is born blind, and now they see. This is one of those beautiful Gospels that leaves us in awe of God's power and His might. It gives us such hope and joy to hear that one was born blind, that he was never able to see up until he was in his his 20s or late 20s. And now he can see. He starts a whole new life that he received his sight. So today we want to know how to not just share in the joy, but to be a part of it. How can we be a part of this joy and have our eyes opened? How can we receive our sight? First, we want to know who this blind man represents. Who does he represent? Hmm? Who does the blind man represent? Us. All of us. Right? All of us are blind and we want our eyes open. All of us are in need of illumination by Christ, who is the light of the world. He is symbolic of all of humanity. And in this beautiful story, we also see an illustration of baptism, which we call holy illumination. We just recently celebrated the theophany of our Lord, where Jesus Christ, our Lord, was baptized and we saw the manifestation. We saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. So we know that in our baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit, which gives us the illumination so that we may be able to see in the Spirit. So here in this story, we read that our Lord has made clay with the saliva and anointed the eyes of this young man. And then tells him to go and wash in the pool of Silwam. Our Lord gives this man a part of himself, that saliva, in that clay. And after he washes, he receives his sight. And it's important to note this piece here that a part of our Lord is in this clay. It wasn't just, just a piece of him was in it. One of the fathers, St. Ambrose of Milan, has a beautiful quote. He says, The Lord was baptized not to be cleansed himself, but to cleanse the waters so that those waters cleansed by the flesh of Christ, which had no sin, might have the power of baptism. So Christ came to be baptized so that we can be baptized. So He gives this man a piece of him, right, in the anointing. And we want to focus on that word. We read that the Lord anointed the eyes of the man with the clay. This word anointed is a word we use referring to what? Hmm? Oil, absolutely, that's right, good job, oil. Never do we hear God or anyone in the, in the Bible anointing anyone with anything except for oil. It's always oil. But here there is an anointing with clay, with saliva and dust. And this morning actually we had a baptism. And for those who were there, I'm sure you heard Abuna say multiple times, I anoint you, Philopatir Marcurios, that was his name. Philop, that's his name. Congratulations, Philopatir Marcurios, with this oil. And with the Mayroon, and, and this oil, and that oil, and the Ghalilawan, and the simple oil. So we are sealed with this oil. We are anointed. And today we want to be anointed and to renew our anointing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, we read, Now he who establishes us with Christ 
has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So we, re we receive the Holy Spirit and we are sealed. He is sealed inside of us through the Holy Maroon that we are anointed with. So we are seeing in this gospel subtle messages about baptism. And the church actually gives this gospel a name this Sunday. We read this gospel when? When else do we read this gospel? Hmm? Lent. Yes, absolutely. The last week of Lent. And we call this week the week of baptism or the week of enlightenment. Right? Haddil Tanasir. This is the Sunday of baptism. Sunday of baptism. So what we are hearing today in this gospel is that we are often blind. We are blind to many things in our life and that we need illumination. We need to renew our baptism. And in verse 5, our Lord says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. We are in need of this light of Christ in order to see. We need our eyes anointed with the clay, which is made from the body of Christ in order to receive our sight and that our eyes may be open. So we must be baptized. And if we are baptized, we have to renew our baptism. How do we renew our baptism? Yes, repentance and confession. Good job. Repentance and confession. Absolutely. This is how I can renew my baptism. Our Father, His Holiness, Pope Shenouda III of Blessed Memory has a beautiful quote. He says, Many years of the devil's hard work are lost in one hour of repentance. All the thorns that he has planted in our land and nurtured with great care over many years get burned up in one day. Repentance makes virgins of adulterers. I'm going to read that one again. Repentance makes virgins of adulterers. So is there anything that you can't come back from? Is there anything that you can't repent from? No. You can always come back to God. And we see this in the other stories in the prodigal son that God is always waiting for us. So we have an opportunity to have our eyes opened if we so choose to repent. And in order to receive sight, we have to acknowledge that we are blind. We have to acknowledge that we need repentance. Sometimes we live this life thinking, we're good, we're fine, we're just cruising. I don't need to repent, I don't need to confess. I've confessed in the last 17 months, it's alright, I, I can hold off. But no, if we examine our lives, we will see that actually we are blind. And we are blind to many things. And sometimes we are blind to the fact that He is the Creator. We know that He's the Creator, absolutely. We believe it, absolutely. God is the Creator. But we are often blind to this fact and it's evident in our lack of trust when things get hard in our life. When things get hard, we forget that God is the Creator, that He can create things out of nothing. He can create pathways in, in walls. Saint Irenaeus tells us that there are many instances where the Lord has given sight to the blind by a word. Many times God has opened the eyes of the blind. One word, receive your sight. Why here didn't he tell him receive your sight? Why here did he spit on the ground and make clay with the saliva? St. Irenaeus tells us he shows us that he completes his work as creator by using what he used in the beginning to create man, the dust of the earth. He shows us that he can create anew even after he has created, even after a situation has, has happened. When we get into a situation, God can get us out of it. He can create a new path. He can create a path where no path can be seen, where we can't see a path. So today we want to end our blindness. We want to end our blindness to God's power as the Creator and we want to trust Him in every aspect of our life. Which brings us to our next point. 
obedience and trust. If you think about it, there's no miracle here without obedience and trust. Right? I want everyone here to close their eyes and imagine that you are blind. God forbid, of course. But imagine that you are this man. We have to put ourselves in his shoes. Imagine that you are blind and that you are begging at the gate of the temple. And your whole life you are blind, you've never seen anything. And this is the life that you know, to beg. And then someone comes out of nowhere who you do not know, puts clay on your face and tells you to go wash. It's, it's as if adding insult to injury. I mean, right? What's going on here? And by the way, the pool of Salwam, does anyone know how far it was from the temple? Hmm? 30 minutes? Just about. It was 0.4 miles. Just shy of half a mile. Calculating here, it's exactly from walking to the church to the Dunkin' Donuts on Main Street. So you can imagine being blind and someone puts clay on your eyes and tells you leave the church here, go down canal onto, onto the street here and go to Dunkin' Donuts and then walk back. Did he question? Not one question. He could have said, dude, who are you? What are you doing? Are you going to give me some money or not? That's why I'm here. He didn't ask why or who or how. And if you think about this long walk half a mile, that walk there was pretty tough. And everyone knew that he was blind. People knew who he was. It was a compact city. Everyone knew who, who each other was. So he's walking this hard walk and people are looking at him. So he must... You can imagine how he's thinking. I'm walking. I'm blind. I can't see. I don't know where I'm going. And on top of that, I have mud on my face. But of course, the walk there is something. And the walk back is something completely different, right? A complete 180. Complete 180. He didn't ask any questions, he went with blind obedience. And it's blind obedience and faith that brought forth perfect vision and perfect sight. Perfect vision and perfect sight. This blind obedience. When we trust God, we then can fulfill this here in the Bible in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. We will not even need our eyes because our spiritual eyes will be opened. So we must be obedient to the Lord's commands to what, and, and to what the church teaches. This is how we can see. This is how we can have our spiritual eyes opened and our blindness over and finished. Repentance, obedience, and trust. The Pharisees were supposed to be the holy men. These Pharisees were supposed to be the learned men, the top of education in theology and in all of the scripture and the prophecies. But they were blind. Why? They were blind due to their pride. This is why they saw with their physical eyes, but were completely blind with their spiritual eyes. And if you think about it, God was standing right in front of them. Our God, Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe. It's a hard thing to think about. It's a hard thing to think about. God is standing in front of someone and they're completely oblivious because of their pride. Of course, if God is standing in front of us, we can imagine what? No, we will know Him and we will see Him and we love Him. But unfortunately, we too can have God right in front of us and not see Him because of our pride. If we are prideful, God can come in the flesh right in front of us and we'd pass right by Him and we wouldn't see Him. So that brings us to our third point, humility versus pride. Humility versus pride. Without humility, our eyes will remain shut, period. There are two quotes I want to share with you from the fathers. From St. John Climacus, he says, Pride is the denial of God in invention of the devil, contempt for men. It is the mother of condemnation, the offspring of praise, a sign of barrenness, emptiness, blindness. It is a flight from God's help, the harbinger of madness, 
the author of downfall. It is the cause of diabolical possession, the source of anger, the gateway of hypocrisy. It is the fortress of demons, the custodian of sins, the source of hard-heartedness. It is the denial of compassion, a bitter Pharisee, a cruel judge. It is a foe of God, an enemy of God. It is the root of blasphemy. This is what the fathers have to say on pride. So of course, if we have all of these things, how can we see God? How can we see God? And Saint Silwan, one of the Russian Orthodox saints, he says, the Lord does not show himself to a proud soul. The proud soul, no matter how many books it reads, will never know God. Since by its pride, it does not give place for the grace of the Holy Spirit, while God is known only to the humble soul. So pride causes complete spiritual blindness. If we want our eyes open, but we are stuck in pride, not happening. It will not happen. We must proclaim the truth, and that is the truth. And bringing us to our fourth point, which is proclaiming the truth. This gentleman didn't see Christ after his eyes were opened. If you follow the story, he was busy being interrogated by everyone that hates Christ. But even then, he proclaimed the truth. He must be from God. I have no proof, but he opened my eyes. This is the proof. This is the proof that I have. And when we read it in verse 30, the man answered and said to them, why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone has opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he can do nothing. In this short few sentences, this man has proclaimed more truth than any of these Pharisees have in their entire lives. In their entire lives. This blind man becomes a preacher and a guide to those who are seeing. And the fathers have a beautiful contemplation on this. Saint Cyril of Alexandria says, He who had just received sight and was just miraculously released from blindness was quicker to perceive the truth than those who had been instructed by the law. He just received his sight and he can see clearly. So we have to be very, very careful. We have to be very, very careful. We can see physically, we can come to the church, we can serve, we can do wonderful things, but we can be spiritually blind. We can be blind and sitting in darkness. So we are in need of this light. We are in need of the light of the world. We need to go wash in the pool of Silwam. And St. Augustine tells us that Jesus Christ is the pool of Silwam. He is the pool of Silwam. What does the pool of Silwam mean? Hmm? Sent, yes, sent. Sent, where the messenger is. It means sent. And was not Jesus Christ sent into the world to give us the light? Was He not sent into the world to do the will of the Father? The, wa the water, by the way, was called sent because it was sent to the pool through a conduit to the valley of Kedron. So the, the water was literally being carried and sent off into this pool. But Jesus Christ is the one who is sent to us. God sent His only begotten Son into the world that He might die for us. So we have to wash in Jesus Christ. We have to partake of the holy mysteries. We have to have a relationship with Him. We have to talk to Him. We have to wash in Christ. He is the pool of Silwam. So many times we have these disabilities and weaknesses that our Lord might be glorified in releasing us from them, right? When they asked Him who sinned, He said not him or his parents, that God may be glorified through Him. So let us choose not to remain blind, 
Because sin blinds and lust blinds and pride blinds and love of the world blinds. So if we think about it, what are we really seeing here? Do we see the Word of God? Do we see God in every aspect of our lives? Do we have sight or are we blind? One of the contemplations from the fathers tells us that the first thing that this man saw after washing was what? He's looking into the pool, he's washing, what is the first thing he sees? His own what? Reflection. He sees his own reflection. And when our eyes are opened, we can see who we really are. We see who we really are. And when we repent, and when we confess, and when we partake of the mysteries, not only do we see ourselves, but we see the image that we were created after, which is who? God. We see God inside of us, the original design untainted by sin. So if we want our eyes opened, repentance, hmm? obedience, humility, and proclaiming the truth. May God open our eyes and our hearts and illumine our spirits for the glory of His name and glory be to God forever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.